At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that never opposes freedom of speech, unless it's used for acts of jackassery. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Um, yes, I will. I will. I will endeavor to keep the jackassery to a minimum. <laughs> or will I? Or will will you? So, Curtis, how are you doing this week? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you know, just getting into the into the dying, die. Just watching the dying death rattle of autumn as we as we begin yeah. our slow no. transition into winter. Yeah, no, I, I, I just put my snow tires on the car on, on uh, Monday, uh, and it actually kind of snowed a bit, and I was like, oh, look at me. I'm like ahead of the curb on in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did a, a bunch of my Christmas shopping already, um, just because like I, I always think in November, I really want to get it done, and then I don't think about it again until like December 22nd, so um, this time I wanted to avoid that. Um, and, uh, so, but, you know, it's just another sign that, uh, that, that winter is coming. I, I, I nailed two, two things off my list for Christmas shopping as well. So I, I don't know if that's also an age thing. Maybe as we're getting older, we we're, we're actually being on the ball. Uh, one thing about getting older that I want to mention before we, uh, go off the top of the story. Um, I, I went to my optometrist and yes, I finally have given up and saying I'm going to get reading glasses. So I actually got a prescription and my glasses are coming in uh, probably by the next episode that we do. So yeah, you don't need glasses for distance, right? No, no, this is purely for reading because my arms are not getting long enough. Like they're, they're, they're not getting longer. Uh, I've been getting by and, and my optometrist um, who, by the way, is also a huge Raptors fan. Um, he uh he was saying that I was doing all the right things. Usually people he said a lot of people will just kind of either ignore it or live in this blurry world. You know, cuz I told him, "Oh, I've noticed I've bumped up the font on my phone when I'm on meetings, I'll bump up the font on, you know, Excel and things like that." So, you know, I've been compensating. Um but uh I just kind of went, "You know what? It's it's just getting to the point where I, I don't want to bump it up to the point where I'm le- I'm reading like three lines on my phone and that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. but I, 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 I splurged and got like a proper pair of glasses. I didn't go to Shoppers Drug Mart and pick something off the rack. No, you know, I probably no, could have. Yeah, but you might as well. You might as well get get it like, you know, you might as well get it tailored by an optometrist. To just like, you don't want the headaches that come with like, you know, um, you, I'll, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've, I've uh, had to go the bifocals route. So that's where I'm showing my age. I've needed distance. I've needed glasses for distance for a long time. And now probably around the same time as you, I was like, ah, you also need them for reading now. Oh, so, it's, it's the tries that you have to worry about, right? No, that's, that's common. I'm sure. <laughs> but but I, I love, I love my bifocals. Like they, they, it's progressive lenses. There's no line or anything like that. It's just, it's just like, it's just when the way, the way the lens is designed, just, I guess, cause you're usually looking down when you're, when you're reading or looking at something up okay. close and they just so, like, 
So so when when will we have the technology that we could do like a Jordi LaForge visor where you don't even have to do that courtesy you can just kind of tap something on the on the on the frames and it would just kind of switch over for you. That's I think what, I think I think we could I think we could do it now. It's just it's just there's so much of our technology is 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 being put into sports gambling. I think if we cryptocurrencies. Like, yeah, and cryptocurrencies. I think if we harness that tech towards like ocular enhancements we could all be yeah we could be at Jordy laforge level by 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 next year okay let's uh, let's go back to the 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 lead off we we're talking about free speech uh two uh they're not part of our headlines but two things that happened over the last um week and a bit um and i have to apologize for no episode last week that was entirely my fault because i just did not end up producing an episode whatsoever and um as disorganized as we normally sound, which I don't think we ever do, uh, I, I didn't want us to be like rambling about just nothing. But um, there were two stories I kind of want to talk about. They, both of them kind of take free speech from a different angle. One was about the odd story about the Toronto District School Board banning two women from speaking at this all-girls book club. So one of them is uh, – one of the authors was uh, Marie Hennon, right? Uh, famous defense lawyer. Obviously, she's done more than this case, but the uh, Jean Gameshi, she defended Jean Gameshi. And she also defended that uh, Canadian uh, military officer, not for sexual misconduct, but for some kind of bad deal. And I remember when he got acquitted, she like looked in the camera during the press conference and basically like slighted the prime minister basically saying this should not have this should never have come to court and basically like just gave him a piece of her mind with one word uh, but she and this other woman uh, and she is also equally famous she's like a Nobel Peace Prize book <laughs> uh, winner um, uh, Nadia Murad so she wrote a book um, and th- they were both invited by the person organizing the book club and then the TSB, uh, equity department uh, vetoed it and said that uh, both were inappropriate. So blocking free speech here in a way because, well, Marie Hennon she wrote a book about her her memoirs and wanted to kind of talk to her, talk to the kids about you know her career as a defense lawyer. And you know she's at the top of her game, right? Woman top of her game. Like why wouldn't you want? But I guess the association with Gian was they, the the TSB just did not want anything of it. Uh, you know, when she defended Gameshi, like she was doing her job, which is fair enough, but it just was like, um, you know, like your impression of her, you know, was, it, it was rough. It was tough. I was telling you before the um, episode started, like it was, it was, it was pretty tough to watch her, um, you know, like question the plaintiffs and, uh, you know, because these are, these are, these are women who, you know, we're, we're, uh, complaining of sexual assault and then there's, <laughs> they're just getting just, you know, their personal lives are being brought into it and stuff. And, you know, I get it, you know, she's got a job to do and it's to, you know, explore every avenue to defend her client. Um, but I think that's, you know, I, I, I don't think that she, she shouldn't be able to talk about her book or like stuff like that. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying like, I can understand why, you know, there's, you know, maybe a hesitancy to have her talk to uh, 
you know, school like school kids, whether that hesitancy is found is you know is founded on anything logical or not. Like I could just, I think it's just the just the image came 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 you know that 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 uh, from that trial just of her, um, you know, just I guess. I don't know what I'm exactly what I'm trying to say here, but I, like it, it was just it was tough to watch. I I I I would have a funny feeling that this wouldn't have been a, as big of an issue if if she wasn't a woman. Like you think Greenspan, of everybody that he's ever defended, is ever questioned? I think that's definitely part of it. It's it's sort of like it's sort of like here's you know here's some here's some women trying to sort of like get justice that they feel they deserve against against like a, a powerful man like not you know john gameshi's not like an a-lister or anything but like you know he 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 had he had sort of you know some 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 power and some sway um and then and then you have this like super powerful woman just <laughs> beating these women down it, and, yeah uh, it was it, it was I, almost like like uh saruman right at the yeah, at the beginning yeah. of uh, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, just I think if I, I think if it's just like some some jerky old dude, you'd be like, yeah, well, it's some jerky old dude defending this guy. That you would expect exactly. that. But. Yeah, and and but the thing is, like uh, at this point, then then you say to these high school kids, oh yeah, don't get into defense lawyer lawyering. You know what I mean? They the TDSB did apologize to her and said it was a misunderstanding, but you picked the. F- wrong woman to have a fight with this was her quote there are words for this misunderstanding is not one of them (laughs) so they they basically groveled and apologized they haven't lot they not they have not let up on it so her law firm issued out this uh statement basically going all out against the tdsb then the bar association issued a statement (laughs) doing the same because again it's the tenets of law right like everyone is entitled to a defense Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. the prosecution's job to prove guilt without Mm -hmm. a shadow of a doubt and no one no one went to the prosecution and said what were you doing like what shouldn't this been a slam dunk because that person didn't do their job but that's okay yeah yeah. not that we know of i mean i'm sure that the prosecution there may have been the prosecution may have got some some flack for not like like you were saying like you know the elements of the case that that uh Gubeshi's, that like Helen was able to use to her advantage and stuff like that's something that they should have they should have been prepared for yeah um but yeah no i i i get i get it like i i i, I you know hey a defense lawyer is going to defend a client i think is, is the bottom line and 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 don't get me wrong Gameshi's a, a scumbag like you know, there's no, there's no doubting that. Yeah. Uh, but the the story, you know, even though Hennen got probably the lead, it would be this other woman, Nadia. So she was also told no. She was told basically her speech would um, potentially incite or foster Islamophobia. So Nadia wrote a Nobel Prize. She's a Nobel Prize winner, activist. She wrote a book called The Last Girl, My Story of Captivity and My Fight Against the Islamic State. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it sounds like they didn't really do their research into what she's about. 
Yeah, like read the title of her book. (laughs) (laughs) But but really, like like it's a bit alarming because you know, like what what were they what were they basing it on? Like exactly basing their, their their decision on. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that, that that was my that was my point. And this, the, you know, this this body, which also represents the education system of our young, was able to basically shut these two women down. I don't want to use the word cancel, which is you know the coin phrase these days. I don't think anyone can cancel Marie mm-hmm. Hennon, like, mm-hmm. but you know, to sh- to basically arbitrarily say, oh no, thanks because of this, and you. Uh, yeah, you're gonna foster Islamophobia, even though the and I feel really bad for the person that's organizing the book club because she had to like go to the educators and say, uh, do you know what Islamic State means? It, you know, it's a terrorist organization it has nothing to do with ordinary Muslims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you know, her quote was, yeah, the TDBSB should be aware of the difference here. So yeah, there's free speech, which would have been given a great platform, right? Because Mary Hennon would have known. Like these are not stupid high school kids. Like high school kids are not stupid. They're going to ask her about Jiang Gameshi and why did you defend him? And mm-hmm. she would have you know, a platform to say, this is why I did it. This is why it's important. That's why our justice system is important. That defense lawyers are given, you know, you're given a defense. Otherwise, we're Monty Python, Holy Grail when we meet Vedemir, right? When they're doing <laughs> the logic of whether or not she's a witch or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like, free speech is such a tough one because, because, like, so that you, you do see sometimes people hiding behind free speech and they have nothing to say except, except crap. But they're right, you know. And yeah. in in this case, it, I don't it, think so. No, I don't think so in this case either. But like, but like, it does kind of it does cheapen the. The concept of free speech. Oh yeah, and when that's people, where people our use it to, and that's where our our second piece to our free speech leadoff talks about. This is the incident with Chapman's and their social media, unaware social media <laughs> attack that they were um, bestowed upon. So Chapman's ice cream, right? It's a small ice, not small. They're Canadian ice cream uh, company. They're out in uh, Markdale, Ontario, mm-hmm. right? Been been around since we were kids. Yep, everyone's seen Chapman's uh, ice cream around. You know, good old Chapman's. So this social media um, hashtag came out that was like I don't know, it was like banned Chapman's or something, you know, unimaginative like that. Who who wages a war on ice cream? Who eats ice cream that much? Well, apparently the anti-vaxxers hate <laughs> ice cream that much. So uh, the story goes, I guess they had this program where they were trying to keep their workers safe and that was that was the the big thing the story and uh it blew up when the the company started offering people who were fully vaxxed if they just stayed on they were given an extra dollar an hour if they were fully vaxxed and this got turned into again you know sure anti-vaxxers have their platform for free speech and they were basically trying to shut down and cancel I'll use that word again but Chapman's right telling everyone to ban Chapman's because they were firing and un, uh, unnecessarily and unfairly their their staff uh, apparently I, I forgot what the number was but it wasn't that large of a number that were put on 
quote unquote unpaid leave. I think it was. I think there was very few uh, because if 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 you if you didn't want to get vaccinated, they'd still let you work there. You just had to get tested all the time. That's right. And they paid for the tests. The people who who got sort of like put on on administrative leave didn't even want to do the tests. So, you know, they were they were very sort of strident in their convictions. But like some people d- didn't get the vaccine, but they they consented to getting tests all the time. So they mm-hmm. still work there. You know, like like I think I think Chapman's is being fairly accommodating. Clearly, they want their workforce to be vaccinated, but they're giving you a they're get they're giving they're giving you a way to to work there unvaccinated that they're on their dime that they're paying for the test. That's why, you know, they 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 were like, well, we're paying for all these people to get to get tests. Why not reward the people who got the vac the the vaccine with a dollar an hour raise? Oh yeah, like if you were to buy those tests on your own and out of your own dime. That's ten bucks a test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and they're getting tested like frequently. These, these, and it's a small, like it's a, it's a minority of the, of 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 the work of the uh, of the workforce there of the staff that aren't vaccinated and are getting these tests. So it seems like because his, he, from what from what I read, like he was thinking like we're, we're we seem to be like doing a lot to accommodate the people who aren't getting vaccinated. Right. What do we do for the people who have been vaccinated? Like chumps like you and I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, very little, Curtis. We, we're, we're, we're the targets. We're the... We're the yeah. What was the word that we learned last episode? The inoculati. Oh, the uh, inoculati. The inoculati. Yes. But more importantly, this, this story, this Chapman story, made me go down the rabbit hole because I looked up their holiday flavors. And this one, oh man, this one... This is the this is where the the the, the money is made, shortbread ice cream. Mm-hmm. So you got pieces of buttery shortbread cookies in shortbread ice cream topped off with salty caramel ripple. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on. I'm definitely, I'm definitely buying that. I'm <laughs> like, definitely how- buying that. I mean, I love cookie dough ice cream, so I, 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 you know, I kind of, I already like having like cookie related products in my yeah. ice cream. I think this is just like the, it's the next logical step. So why would you ban that? Why would you ban that? Why that's, would you want? Why would you want hatred towards the shortbread ice cream? I mean, that's you know <laughs> that these are the kind of people we're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to sum up the story, buy Chapman's ice cream. Hire Murray Hennon if you're in serious trouble and you can afford her. <laughs> and go buy Nadi's book. Yep. You know, learn about her trials and tribulations in escaping the Islamic State. And if you turn, I don't know, if you start fostering Islamic pho- Islamic uh, phobia f- tendencies, then you are a jackass. <laughs> Actually, that kind of reminds me, I... I the Lloyd case went up in the in the in in the states. Um, it sort of made me think about all the th- times when people uh, would say to me uh, the old phrase, "Oh, I'm not racist," but the mm-hmm. dot dot dot. I also learned another one uh, that's very similar. Basically, if anyone starts off this sentence with "Call me old fashioned," but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's another one. So. 
And it's, um, never, it's never a cool, call me old fashioned, but I really like a glass of lemonade at noon. It's always always something that you don't want them to say. Exactly. I mentioned about hiring Mary Hennon if you are ever in trouble. I I would, you know, if if I'm ever on that side of the fence, I'm totally hiring her. But if you get a chance, people listening, go check out their law firm's website, which is hhllp.ca. That website and just the team photos Oh my God, it is like the most, it's, it's like out of a TV show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's, it's very deliberately and well put together. And, and each one of the partners and associates in the law firm, you can totally just looking at, oddly enough, you look at the photo and they, they fit like a character archetype in a TV show like suits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. just you just, get you get you get like you get so like the 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 old 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 silver silver haired senior partner and then you get like the guy with his uh with his with his tie slightly loose you know <laughs> the bad boy he's like he's like he's like he's like the wild card <laughs> the, guy, the guy who will, the guy the guy who will play a little bit fast and loose with the rules but he'll get results and but there'll be there'll be like a season or half a season where he has to fight a uh, uh, al- uh, alcohol problem. Right? Yeah, there and you'll hate him. You'll hate you'll hate him at the start, and then he'll be your fi- favorite character by season three. Oh yeah, like total sympathetic character, right? Yeah. Jeez, man, that's that's uh, that's that's the way to <laughs> defense criminal defense law firm, I guess. All right, let's go on to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. Uh, the first headline we have, um, again, buyer beware, but you'd think at this point in time, I guess it doesn't really matter. People will never heed that warning because two Ontario women speak out after losing more than $100,000 in cryptocurrency scams. Note the plural in scams. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you think everybody uh, in everybody, I think involved in cryptocurrency currency just wants to get money for no reason. That's that's all. I mean, called me old fashioned, but all I can get out of uh, out of cryptocurrency is people wanting to make money without really doing anything. So they've got this cryptocurrency. So. So these 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 women who I don't know what these scams are, but who bought into these cryptocurrency scams probably because they keep hearing on social media that cryptocurrency is like people are becoming cryptocurrency millionaires. And then and then and then on the other side, you got people who don't want to don't want to do anything and want to make money without having to really try. So 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 they're just trying to sucker these people in with these with these scams, man. Nobody, none, none of these people, clearly none of these people gained the work ethic that came from spending a year as a McDonald's employee. You learn the <laughs> value, you learn the value of a, of a, of an eight hour shift. <laughs> there you go. So this is, the, this is where this, the, 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 the heed this, heed this warning, right? I put all my money in my savings. I even withdrew from my RRSP and put it there even borrowed money from friends. 
See, after she invested $24,000, she decided to take money out of her account. But that's when she was told there was a $5,000 tax for withdrawals and another $5,000 minors tax. Not you're too young. I mean, we're talking you know, paying for the server farm. That's, I don't know, whatever they're doing for cryptocurrency. I guess buying as much as they can or whatever. Uh, the account was eventually frozen, and she believes that she's lost her money. Is now all of her money is now gone. Yeah, but I, I have a funny feeling she didn't buy Bitcoin. That's the that's the they they never talk about what she bought into. So she could have bought like, do you ever see that one cryptocurrency that came up? Because there's one coming up every other day. You know that uh, the f- the really popular Japanese dog right now. It's like a meme everywhere. The uh, Shibu Imu, Shibu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind and, and of looks, kind of looks like it's it's being kind of like coy. Yeah, yeah. And smiling and coy. Yeah. So there's a famous internet meme called the Doge or the Doge. I think it's oh, the yeah. Doge. Yeah. So it, it was named after that, and the dog's head is on the coin, like oh, you know, on the ceremonial coin. Yeah. How legit is that? Yeah. <laughs> Buying the one with the sketchy dog with a sketchy dog looking at me yeah i heard about that the doge coin yeah it's just ridiculous i just i just i mean part of me is mad because i don't understand it and uh and 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 articles about cryptocurrency make me feel stupid um but part of it is just because like it's just it just seems to be just like a, a completely ethereal you know, a, 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 a completely ethereal and meaningless sort of way to make money. I don't know. Well, it's it's it, 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 the people that are doing it are also kind of making fun of people who like myself. And I'm not doing it for speculation because I like the stuff is I have a whole bunch of Star Wars collectibles. Maybe not a whole bunch. I have some stuff. Mm hmm. I know that the value of the stuff goes up if I don't open it and some stuff I bought knowing in 10 years it's going to be higher in value because of what it is. But that value is only if someone will pay for it. There's a rarity to it. They're trying to create their own rarity with this thing that you kind of own digitally. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh my God, this Bitcoin's rare. People want it. Capitalism, uh, price goes up, supply and demand. This is, just reminds me of the non-fungible token conversations that we had in previous episodes, where we tried to figure those out. Oh yeah, no, no, it's 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 except they've actually called it a currency. Hey, you never know. Maybe one day, maybe not now, my prune face action figure will be worth a lot of money to someone, right? Not to everybody. Someone might want to pay me a lot of money for my broom face character. Maybe. Well, on to the next headline. Uh, from golden coins to something else that's golden. Rock band brass against front woman pees on fan's face during live concert. Sad emoji face. <laughs> that's actually part of the headline. I, I'm, I'm not trying to make this up, right? So what can we say? Well, she, she invited this guy... Uh, or invited and she she got, she got this guy up on stage and he's seems to be quite willing to allow this to happen yeah so she gets up he's he's like lying on his back and she 
squats over over it. She drops trow. You have to remember. Drop, <laughs> yeah, drops trow while and while talking into the microphone, and then pees on him. Um, I don't think there's a more delicate way to say that. And then and then and then kicks him out. <laughs> I don't know if it has it in, in the TMZ article, but like she 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 just she just kind of kicked kicked him out and said you're done, and then kicked him out. And it's like. He just like lied there. You're the one, who- <laughs> You're the one that peed on him. It's not like he violated the uh, the terms and conditions of the ticket. No, no, he didn't. He just he just lied <laughs> on the stage. And, and you observed something really funny was the, the 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 name of the lead singer. Yeah, her name her her name is Sophia Urista, which sounds like a barista who serves up urine. <laughs> Very apropos. It was very apt. Very apt. What 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 I love about the article also. I, I know we uh, we're in audio format, but there's this photo of her doing the deed, and instead of blurring out her butt, which you know again like fine, it's 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 an internet article. They blur out, which I guess would fit in the stream of pee <laughs> coming yeah. from her. Yeah. <laughs> So it looks more ridiculous because it looks like she, it looks like the guy is like stabbing her, <laughs> like, or maybe she has like you know like the the uh, the alien right? Except yeah, the, yeah. The, the other the other mouth thing comes out of her ass. It looks more disturbing than if we actually just saw the pee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hold on, look, gonna, I got to give you one of these. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's the debut of the bell. That's yeah. That's totally debut of the bell for any awesome zingers that Curtis pulls out. So yeah, you know what? Uh, so moral of the story, just like every time, you know, there's always lessons learned on the podcast. Um, if you ever decide to go to a uh, what is this guy? These guys called again because they're not part uh, brass, brass against. against. Don't go on stage. Don't no. lie down. No, I would. <laughs> I would. I would like get a ticket in the balcony. Pay per view. I think yeah. I'd, I'd be more pay per view if I was in. I think that's far enough. All right. Uh, the next story from uh, I, I don't know if there's a segue from the golden pee shower to maybe the one legged lifted peeing person. I don't know. <laughs> Filthy rich German shepherd selling singer's former mansion. Oh, this is Madonna's old home. Now, this is not Madonna's dog. This is. Someone who bought the home from Madonna, they passed away, bequeathed the home to the dog, and now the dog's selling it. Yes, yes, the dog uh, uh, Gunter. The I think you, we were saying it was like the third. No, no, he's this is Gunther the sixth. Oh, the sixth. There's a long lineage of Gunthers. Wow, what a great name for a dog. Great name for a German Shepherd. German Shepherd in particular, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> everybody else is getting into the real estate biz. Why not uh why not a savvy Alsatian as well? <laughs> well, Gunther also has a, a a a cook, makes some breakfast, likes mm-hmm. caviar, and travels by jet plane. Not uh not in a crate, Curtis. Not too shabby. Not but, too shabby. What, it, it, but I want to know where's the dog going. Like, what, does the dog tell the people where he's going? Like, is this like a super? Is this a dog that went to space and came back super intelligent? 
Some dogs go for walks. Gunder goes for plane rides. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It's pretty. I mean, it, it is. It is amazing that it, that there's a wealthy dog. Um, you know, that's getting plane rides and selling houses. Yeah, and and, and not wasting his money on cryptocurrency, and not wasting so his money on cryptocurrency. So, how stupid do you feel when the dog is like making boatloads from real estate? But it's pretty amazing that we live in a society where, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to sound sanctimonious, but like, you know, billions of people are in, po- are in poverty, and there's a wealthy dog who's selling a house and flying around in a plane. <laughs> it, just, it just never ceases to amaze me. Oh, yeah. No, no. What's awesome is the, the photo of the dog, like, alone in a row of beach chairs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got a very, very, very sweet life. Very sweet life. I'd say. So Gunter might want to take uh, heed of this story when he's moving out of his uh, mansion. In Toronto, passengers hold bedsheet to secure, in air quotes, mattresses on top of a car. Note I said mattresses. So yeah, these guys were moving, had two what looks to be maybe doubles, double mattress, size mattress, mm-hmm. uh, on top of a car secured by a bedsheet. So the people inside the car were holding onto the bedsheet. Yeah, it's it, it's it's fairly flimsy, and I think uh, what what I uh, what I really liked about uh, about this story. Yes. Oh, no, no. It's, it's this quote. This quote is good. This quote is good. I know what you're looking for, but this quote yeah. is great. The cop stops him and says, if the sheet fits, you might not want to use it. Yeah. Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> he gets the reverse bell. I don't know. We need to. The, uh, the, the, um, yeah, it was, it was right underneath there. The incident prompted police to remind the public not to rely on gravity to secure a load, but to use proper strapping like ratchet straps <laughs> Or a trailer. Now, to be fair, these guys weren't just using gravity. They had their own little jury-rigged... Oh, yeah. No, these guys guys thought about it a bit. So they had this... They tied two bed sheets together. And the people on the inside... I think the article said that they were... There was like a tennis ball inside the sheet. So they were actually holding on to the tennis ball, I guess, rather than just the sheet itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had some, uh, some kind of crazy crazy solution well they also got themselves a 160 dollar fine and yeah. i don't know what happened to the mattresses but of course i ha- even though the story starts off saying barry ontario they were stopped on uh, the good old 410 in mayfield so right in brampton yep that that checks out that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a very brampton thing to <laughs> now what we should tell Gunter? See, see, this is, all of our stories have a have a have a, a full overarch arc. Gunter might be interested in this house in Scarborough. So this mm. is Scarborough's most eccentric home on One Ten Mayborn. So if you want to go and take a look at it, it was a prior to the nineteen seventies. It was a single story bungalow. But then it kept getting built upon and built upon and built upon and built upon to to the point where at the beginning of the show, I was telling you, 
if they let the landscape overgrow and have vines all over parts of this building, it would totally be like a haunted mansion for a movie or like the next uh, set for the Resident Evil game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, because it's it's it has all these like completely uh, seemingly incompatible like architecture uh, pieces that are just kind of jammed together haphazardly and then there's like there's like these these creepy statues and and then a lot of it's boarded up or like the plasters coming off and so like it kind of looks simultaneously impressive and frightening so and that's why we kind of I, I i wish we gave this article to heather to give her opinion being the architect because i i want to know where all the pieces come from <laughs> because this you're right this looks like something that is like a monstrosity out of Vegas. You know how Vegas has that tendency of, oh, no need to go to Italy. We'll bring Italy to you. Yes. And if you've ever been in, um, oh, what is the Italian, the Italy uh, hotel? Uh, the name escapes you right you know, now. The Venetian? Yes. With the with the weird sky that actually yeah. does like forced prospection, that, that it actually looks like it's moving when you're on the escalator. Yeah. I've been to I've been to Rome, I've been to Venice, and I they took pieces like almost it's like the best of Italy and Rome, and they jammed them into spots that shouldn't be together. So there's this piazza that they actually looks like, you know, from the art wise, it was like, geez, that really looks familiar. I went back to my photos. Oh my god, it is like a replica of that piazza. Uh, but then they put the canal through it, right? So it's like, no, but that wasn't in Venice. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, let's just jam every, and that's what this house is, right? Like, one of the fixtures is what looks to be a dome of either an Orthodox or Islamic church. Yes. So that that that, that was a, that was a quite easy. We didn't need Heather to interpret that one. We we both you and I saw that one. Um, another one was this circular tower, like the Tower of Pisa. Yeah, very very similar in 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 look, and then there's there's that little square tower, or that 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 that, that like boxy tower. Yeah, very 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 like like English, right? Yeah, like like, like London Tower. <laughs> and then and then it's all and then it's all kind of white to sort of like make it look like it's like like the Elgin marbles, you know, like like yeah. it's from Greece or something. Yeah, um, there's, there's obviously the Greek feel, the uh, the 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 clay roofs on one side and it also has like that versailles look on one of the photos it, it's it's just the most bizarre bizarre house. and you're right the statues yeah the statues are weird um and uh apparently according to this article it started out as a single story bungalow and how big did it turn into uh 3400 square foot uh <laughs> it's got an indoor swimming pool like like this guy would have had to get like permit after permit after permit to keep building like this. And I, I can't believe that he got, got them approved because people are so protective of, you know, the, 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 the street that they live on. And they're so, they're so protective of, uh, you know, they're, they're so worried about somebody's house becoming a monstrosity. And that's, you know exactly what happened here yeah oh apparently there's also lion statues line the entrance like those in an egyptian temple 
Oh, geez. Yeah. So this guy, you know, he, it's just a, it's a greatest hits. It's a greatest hits of architecture. And, but not, but not a high quality. It's like the no. KTEL greatest hits that you'd get on TV. You'd have to buy on TV. Yeah. And it's like, and, and yeah. And then it would all be covers. Like there wouldn't be any, any originals. Now, yeah. now getting back to the video game thing about this house possibly being part of Resident Evil, I'm totally going to those statues first because I'm sure there's a key there. Yep. That we yep. need to get into one of the towers. Be careful because you'll have limited am- ammunition and there and there may be there may be some uh there may be some some walking dead. I'm I'm totally staying away from that indoor pool. That's like the last place I'll go. Yeah. I'll have to level up a bit a lot more before. Because you know it will be like you know it will be sort of like half drained and it'll be like really murky water and you'll go for a closer look and then a hand will come out and try to pull you in. And oh, then there'll there'll be a, there'll be like a quick time event. Yeah, there'll be like some kind of, yeah totally that or a shark with lasers attached to its friggin' head. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> if I'm gonna die, that's gonna be the way I'm gonna go. <laughs> shot sh- by a laser shark and then eaten and then eaten yeah uh, so there we go that's the headlines for this week so we have a big surprise i don't think i've told you either uh stone cold stevie d will be coming back onto the show in a future episode we're gonna have him read the headlines while we do our normal shtick on each one of the stories because we need we need him to read the headlines in his uh in his delivery voice that's excellent oh that, yeah. that's fantastic yeah yeah so uh he he's he's back in town so he uh i reached out to him and he said he wanted to be on he had a good time last time so we'd uh you know we'll put him to we'll put him to work yeah that sounds good <laughs> um all right so on to our i i i, I want to do this as a regular segment i just need a, a better name for this segment curtis that we do where i call it uh, fanboys suck. So let me let me go back a bit. So what I define as a fanboy. These are the people that are not satisfied with the narrative given to you, either in book or movie format for anything science fiction, fantasy related. T- typically, it goes to the, that genre because you never, I don't know, do you ever, do, do people talk about this in Sex in the City where they end up doing retcon to rewrite things in sex of the city oh yeah carrie when carrie wore, when carrie <laughs> and mr big did I don't, I don't i've never watched sex in the city so, so I, should, I shouldn't i shouldn't try to riff on it because no, it's, it's not the wrong show <laughs> wrong show to try to riff on if you but but the idea is these fans are so like like what they're given is not enough so they're trying to make up stuff if and it, but none of it really makes sense like it's just kind of wishful thinking so that they i don't know i guess it's i don't know is it control curtis is that why they do it is is it a form of control where they don't they they feel like if something is missing or unexplained but for probably a good reason because it was not part of the narrative or unnecessary part of the narrative and i just i just i just think pe- people people like being smug assholes they just like feeling really more, smart more acts, and proud of themselves. More acts of jackassery, you mean? Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So here's uh here's the first one. This one bothers me because I'm still holding out 
judgment on whether or not I'm going to like this series or not. But coming out at the end of December, Book of Boba Fett. So apparently this theory, this theory, Curtis, reveals an (laughs) unexpected, unexpected in italic font, Star Wars characters return. So basically it's fanboys hoping that Han Solo makes an appearance in Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Yes. And apparently the theory is the fact that because the title of the show is called The Book of Boba Fett, it uh, and because it ends off kind of taking place after Return of the Jedi, like just as Mandalorian time, mm-hmm. that there might be hope that maybe, oh, they're just going to tell a whole bunch of other adventure stories about Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a reach. We don't, we don't know why it's called Book of Boba Fett, but in the trailers, it seems to just be his dealings with the Tatooine underworld. Yeah, and I think Ming-Na Wen would have something to say if she was like, what do you mean I'm only in one episode? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, I don't know. I don't know why we, you know, I don't think we need to shoehorn. We already shoehorned Luke into the Man- Mandoverse. We, yep. We don't need to shoehorn. Han Solo in, um, but it also be young. But have to be, it would be young Han Solo. Just to it would not be uh, Harrison Ford because they'd be going back to uh, because because it would be in the in the past. That's right. Know? Yeah, because they want to constantly but, rewrite but, history. But, but did, did, see, I don't know this. I don't know much from the Star Wars or like extended universe. Did Boba Fett and Han Solo know each other when they were? When they were kids, like I thought, Boba Fett was just hired to, to, to capture to, to capture Luke ostensibly, and then they capture Han Solo instead to to test the carbon freezing on him. I didn't think I didn't think that there was like a big that that they had history. Like, yeah, that they had any history. Well, the fan the fan bo- the fanboys want to Cur- Curtis. They want that history. Yeah, like that, you just be you just be sort of forcing it. I think by the end of the segment, Curtis, I think we have to think about uh, a fanboy thing to a regular movie just to show how show the people that don't understand how ridiculous the, these things are to us. All right. So on to the next fanboy suck uh, story. Um, apparently science, apparently Curtis science proves Thanos's snap with the infinity gauntlet is physically impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, well, this is like we were talking about before. Like, like the like the, the snap isn't the isn't the issue. Like, it's a, it's the it's the wiping out of like fifty fifty percent of all living things. The snap is just symbolic. Like, it was a throwaway. It was a throwaway line. Yeah, like Gamora. Gamora just said once he gets the five stones, he's omnipotent. If he wanted to pull off his mission, which was to eliminate half the universe population, mm-hmm. he could with a snap of his fingers. Which mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a saying, right? You yeah. say it because snap of fingers is something you do quick, right? It's easy. It's oh, look, snap, snap, done. Although they do keep snapping their fingers, like Thanos snaps his fingers, and then the whole <laughs> when he has the gauntlet, snaps his fingers, and, and then, then Iron said, Man at the very end snaps so, his fingers with his. So, so they're they're all fools. <laughs> yeah, they're all doing it for whatever reason. But like, but like that the thing is like, 
when you see when you see a headline like Thanos' snap isn't possible, well, no, duh. I mean, it's a comic book, <laughs> the comic book movie. People, people, people also aren't flying around in suits of armor and shooting projectiles out of their hands and sticking to walls and turning into green rage monsters. So uh, you were saying about getting you Jordi LaForge glasses that uh, didn't require to wear bifocals if they spent uh, science money in the right spots. Yeah. Using high-speed imaging, automated image processing, and dynamic force sensors. So those sound very expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they probably had the machine that goes bing. Yeah, yeah. The researchers analyzed the variety of finger snaps with all that equipment. They explored the role of friction by covering fingers with different materials, including metallic thimbles, to simulate the effects of trying to snap while wearing a metal gauntlet. Hey, I could have told you that. Put on an old, like we're talking, Arthurian knight gauntlet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or you know what, here. Put on a winter glove. And snap your fingers. Yeah. But we're also supposing that 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 Thanos's gauntlet is constructed of materials of which we are familiar with on Earth. He's a Titan. Like we don't you can't you can't you can't no, determine gauntlet. whether or not Thanos can snap his fingers with his with with his gauntlet when you don't even know what his gauntlet is made out of. You're testing it on 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 common earthbound materials yeah it was literal. it was literally built by space elves yeah or dwarves right space dwarves space dwarves yeah <laughs> like like it's just yeah that sounds like a colossal waste of time and resources <laughs> i just love it because when i read the what just because i know everything you know to do with the story i just I, I thought this must be just a joke right and i i kept reading oh my god these are like fanboys that are really serious about it like, how do these guys not have any other pressing work to do that they can spend all this time figuring out whether or not Thanos could snap his fingers while wearing a glove? Like, a fictional <laughs> character could do a fictional thing while wearing a fictional piece of clothing. You know, like, I don't know. I, I just, if it, I, I wouldn't be able to do that in my job. Like, if I, if I was like, <laughs> like, said to my boss, I want to do an independent project. <laughs> and get paid i don't know if these guys got paid for it or if they did it in their free time or what but well, like you you read you read all those five dollar words of equipment they used yeah that can't yeah. be cheap and free yeah no yeah they and, had and to have the research- access they had to have access to like you know to to to, to high-tech to high-tech lab equipment so so even, even if they were doing it in their free time and weren't getting paid, they were still using expensive resources and denying those resources to people who could be making my Jordi LaForge glasses. That's right. And you could you you didn't have to like, you know, look up or down on your lenses. That's right. See? That's right. Yeah. So I, I think I think I ha- I think I have uh are, are you a fan are, do you know the work works of uh, Jane Austen? Um, I know Pride and Prejudice pretty well, and, ah, then, okay. and then I'm not great on her other ones. So this, so fanboys in the Jane Austen genre, I think I don't. This might not be the perfect one either, but if they had like some kind of convincing story or theory that uh, uh, Wickham, 
or the character is he one yeah. of the bad guys Wickham yeah he's, and... he's the philandering jerk yeah yeah and um uh who's the main male character in pride prejudice mr darcy mr darcy that's William right I should, darcy. Oh, I should have known that so maybe they, they do some kind of weird story where they kind of mingle wickham and darcy's past right to well, to realize why they're who they are or like they were swapped at birth and actually <laughs> <laughs> wickham is actually the the rightful heir to pemberley exactly <laughs> That, and they, and, that, they, and you know, and they they spent hours like poring over and just finding like you know like really cryptic something something really cryptic that Jane Austen said one time. They're like, I think that's it. I think that, I think when she said like, when when she said like you know, I take two teas in the in the morning. You know that was that was that was Wickham's drink. That was Wickham's <laughs> drink. He drank two teas in the morning. Or, I think they or, meant to. That, that was a clue. So the fanboys would make it even worse in the Jane Austen uh, universe if uh, suddenly Darcy would appear in all the other stories. He'd just suddenly appear in uh, Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. All of a sudden, he shows up at the end of Emma, and they take a turn around the room. <laughs> or he's just there. Yeah, looking out the window, glowering. Yep. Just because they need Darcy in the movie for, or in the story for just really no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah, it'll be like a flashback. It'll be a flashback too, where they, where they just inconsequentially met Darcy at like a, at at, at like some governor's mansion or something like that. Or Emma's actually Darcy's daughter. Could be. Could be would it would 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 she also be Liz Bennett's daughter or is it or is it a, an extramarital affair? Uh, according to this week, uh, let's see, Anakin theory fixes everything that's wrong with Star Wars. Uh, yes, <laughs> I like it. I kind of I kind of want to I kind of want to make make some wild fan theories about Pride and Prejudice now and present them to Heather next time we watch the. Uh, Colin Firth and uh, Jennifer Ella uh, miniseries. Well, her her universe and her body of work would kind of, you know, if if Star Wars was left alone, would be similar, right? And in, in the sense that you know there are a whole bunch of mi- stories that, you know, sure, uh, is it? It's not Victorian. They're Edwardian English, right? England, right? Is that what most of her stories are all kind of taking place? I, I'm I'm not so good. Yeah, at I think it's I th- whatever they, whatever whatever the era before Victorian, right? It was old timey, old timey England. <laughs> yeah, call me old fashioned, but <laughs> but but you know what I mean, right? And, and but there's no reason for Darcy to be in any of the other stories. Well, this is same thing. There's no reason for Han Solo to suddenly show up in Book of Boba Fett. But Disney's going to buy the rights to it and make the Austin verse, and then that's what's going to happen. Is there's going to be crossover between? Uh, oh, what if? Like a what there, if Jane there could Austin? Be, there, there could be a, a. They could have a what if. What if? Uh, what if? What if Fitzwilliam? What if Fitzwilliam Darcy? What if? What if Fitzwilliam Darcy uh, didn't return early to Pemberley? <laughs> and then never would have. Never would have encountered Liz Bennett, and and uh, and and they wouldn't they wouldn't have uh, fallen in love. 
Or what if he, he would have become like some sort of like just evil landlord? Yeah. <laughs> or what if Liz Bennett wasn't so sassy? Yeah, yeah. What if what if, what if Liz Bennett was more like Jane, and then she doesn't sass off uh, Mister Darcy, and Mister Darcy just never never becomes interested in her. It just writes itself, Curtis. It just yeah. writes itself, buddy. Yeah. Get what if what open if, up that pen? What if what if uh, what if what if uh, Wickham did enter the clergy? That could that could be a trilogy onto itself, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. He'd just be like, you know, I, I can picture if Wickham was in the clergy, it would be like when Nicolas Cage, um, at the beginning of Face Off, pretends to be, isn't that? <laughs> oh, the, the, priest. The, the priest. Yeah. Oh, that was that was such a wrong scene. <laughs> but I, I think people listening get our drift, especially those who are Jane Austen fans. Like that. That's how incensed. It, like if you could you imagine if this was happening on a week to week or every time a, a new piece of content that Jane Austen would come up, maybe they'd unearth some stories or manuscripts that she never published, and like they're they're just wishing upon these things where we see the return of Darcy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there'll there'll be like a there'll be like a reboot, like a. It won't be it won't be an official reboot, but there will be like a new, a new Jane Austen vehicle that that has the exact same plot as Pride and Prejudice, except with different characters. And then Mister Darcy appears right at the end and doesn't say anything, when that goes to credits. <laughs> oh. There you go, Curtis. That's our new million dollar idea. Forget forget the cucumber cryptocurrency. Yeah. Well, no, we can do both. Oh, yeah. We Maybe can we both. use the cryptocurrency to buy this new Jane Austen content. Yeah. Get them at both ends. The Austin verse. We'll use the cryptocurrency to fund the Austin verse. Yeah. So throughout this episode, I've been I, I've been just before we ended off, I've been drinking this wonderful sparkling red wine, Curtis. I was telling you about. Uh, it's called Frico or Frico, Frico. I guess I, um, I never knew it existed. Uh, you know, I'm not su- super fancy when it comes to these things. I've never heard of sparkling red. It's it's very very good. It uh, it sounds it sounds very refreshing and effervescent. Oh, I'll I'll get some to you. No, thank but, you. But uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast where we try to keep our jackassery down to a minimum, but no promises, folks. We, we kept it down this week. Maybe, maybe not so much about the uh, golden shower story. No, no, I think we ratcheted it up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the Eurista one was definitely... Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that, might, that might have to go into a supercut of some kind in, in the best of show. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy story. It is, it is. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. While I'm working from home.